What's up, y'all? This is the 92nd episode of Downtime Podcast. You're with Elisa and Jeremy. Um, I feel like this episode, my voice sounds a little bit weird, or at least it, a little bit lower than normal. Granted, I it have does a, a little bit. Yeah, granted, I have a low voice, but I might be... I'm a little congested. I'm hoping nothing comes out of it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw each other yesterday yes we did for the for uh the first time in a while actually i think person, like, so that was fun i think in like in four months or so yeah in in four months ish and we even saw, yeah we even saw the homie donathan i'm uh, not donathan uh donovan who, <laughs> donovan who's been on the podcast before and it was like a it was a great reunion of great food and february birthdays so and now yes. that it is it is officially march 1st the fun stops so you know like it, it pretty much it's, it's all it all goes downhill from here <laughs> birthday month over rest of the year Meh. made a very rash decision today what's that at the mall <laughs> what happened um so i have dragon ball fighters now <laughs> congrats congrats and, and i have a hard copy of it i have not played it yet but i i just wanted to announce that i did buy it um i bought it this because i saw it very discounted at gamestop and I was like, that's a very reasonable price. And I think that's actually cheaper than what the digital version is, or, which is how they get you. And I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to get it. Why not? Why yeah. not? And I officially have a membership to GameStop. So there we had. So we got that too. Oh, man. GameStop's uh, a dying company right now, according to a lot of news sources. Oh, so, yeah. I know. I mean, like, I also have a, a, a membership to GameStop. Not the pro version, but like the regular one that you don't pay for. Yeah, exactly. So, I like yeah. they told me the perks of it, and I was like, "Oh wait, that's pretty good for what you have to do." I'll get it. So I got it. Yeah, and I it's I, free. <laughs> and, yeah, and and I got it discounted, and I have no regrets. So good, good. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you got it. I mean, you've all, you've been talking about this game highly, um, and you finally got it in your hands since you're a fighting game fan and. You like Blaze Blue? I think this is a, a good fit. Yes, I'm super. I'm like, we're gonna have some fun over the weekend, and then I'll give my review for it next week. Cool, 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 cool. How how's it going with you in the game world? Yeah, so uh, Okami, I I talked about how I'm working on Okami. I'm li literally just blazing through the story right now. I love it so far. I think I'm almost done. I'm in the moon cave level. I think that's towards the end of the game. Yeah, that sounds about um, right. Yeah, and so uh, I mean, I'll I'll, have my, I'll share all my thoughts once I'm done with it. Of course, spoiler free. But for now, it's uh, overall a really fun game. It definitely has that that Zelda feel to it. Overall, it's like an RPG action third person RPG. Uh, but yeah, no, I like it. It's fun. It's cute. Uh, it's charming. I think the art style is reminiscent to that of uh, Wind Waker. So, yeah, I mean, I'll have more thoughts about, on about it later. Sounds um, good. And you can, like, when we talk about it, you could talk spoilers with me because I've, I've played it twice now. So, 
Sure, sure. And th- and again, this game's been out since like 2006. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't played it yet, you really have no excuse. Capcom has been releasing this on almost everything. So yeah, I know it's on out. Switch, which is how you yeah. played it. Exactly. And so go out and play it if you, you know, if you are wary about it. Like it's, I think it's the exact same version on every system. So go out and play it. I mean, it's a fantastic game, and everyone's been giving it a lot of praise. Uh, rightfully so and there was a sequel that was released on the Nintendo DS but everyone's like dismissing it since it's not like a real sequel the one that we always wanted like so yeah I mean I'll have again I'll have more thoughts on it later for sure um so uh I want to talk about Cube Corner where I talk about GameCube games since I feel like Jeremy you need to figure out a theme song or something whenever you have Game Corner gotta have like the Nintendo GameCube loading song like when you turn on a gamecube there's like a a series of sounds that play and it shows the gamecube logo i think that would be a fitting like thing for the game for the cube corner segment so last time we talked about gun this time we're going to talk about crazy taxi crazy taxi is an arcade racing not racing it's an arcade racing simulation game um, open world racing simulation video game, and uh, basically it was created by Kenji Kano and his team at Hitmaker, which is previously AM3. Uh, fun fact about Sega AM3: they created one of my favorite arcade games of all time, shooter games, uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. And I think hmm. Jordan and I, my brother Jordan, we kind of mentioned this in a previous podcast way back when, when we talked about Jurassic World and kind of Jurassic games in our experience. And so Sega AM3 is um, uh, the the studio responsible for creating that game in particular um uh in the early 90s they were called Sega AM3 and then they were rebranded as Hitmaker still under the Sega umbrella but uh yeah they created uh games like Star Wars Trilogy Arcade which was really popular in the arcade games uh, arcades in arcades in general back then and i think some still are around still now um they created a Jurassic Park game back in the day, not not the arcade version, but a console version. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've been responsible for some of the Crazy Taxi games. But again, today we'll be talking about Crazy Taxi for a little bit. They crazy made Taxi. a lot of Crazy Taxis, and not even just console games, but they have it available on mobile as well. Oh yeah, um, Crazy Taxi is a huge franchise, and there and- was even a one in 2014. Yes, yeah, that's the latest one, I believe. And there's uh, even a Vegas version of Crazy Taxi, Crazy Taxi <laughs> 3 High Roller. That's right, that's right. They've been hitting everything. Okay, so Jeremy, what kind of taxi is a convertible? Uh, none, because that's dangerous in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the whole point of the game is to pick up passengers and drop them off at really specific locations. Um, there's difficulties in the passengers as they'll be outlined in a green circle, a yellow circle, orange circle, red circle. Red circle means that it's the easiest and the closest one up to the green circle, which is the hardest and the furthest away destination, And but they'll pay the most money. So the whole point of Crazy Taxi is to take your passenger from point A to point B in a set amount of time. Um, there's different modes, arc- arcade and original. Arcade, uh, you have a countdown timer and you increase the timer by... Um, completing jobs. If you don't do a job on time, um, you don't get enough money or you don't get money at all. 
and the customer is unsatisfied and you lose time by doing this. If you do the original version, then you can set how much time you want to do a job for and you don't really add on to your total time. You just pick up people in the set amount of time and you try to drop them off as fast as possible. So there was actually a, a quick little lawsuit that happened between Sega and uh, the studio that created um, Simpsons Hit and Run. Since Simpsons Hit and Run was kind of the same concept. But uh, I think they settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, Sega was really um, all about that whole copyright invention thing. They were the ones that wanted to patent this style of gameplay where it was take take a customer from point A to point B. Um, anyways, I digress. The So back to the gameplay. Uh, there's different passengers with different names. Um, there's different cabbies in the first game. And real quick. Again, we're only talking about the first Crazy Taxi game for home consoles. So there's different cabbies. They don't really have anything, no special powers in the game other than like aesthetically. Like one guy drives like a 1950s looking taxi. Uh, there's a girl that drives like a coupe. Is his name Gus by any chance? It's Gus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Axel, Gina, BD Joe, and Gus. BD Joe. Yeah, BD Joe's my favorite. What does he, BD he such Joe, a cool What car. does the BD and BD Joe stand for? You know, pro- I don't know. Bob Dylan. Who knows? All right. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but they're the four characters in the first game. It doesn't really matter which one you choose. Uh, it's just all aesthetics. So you get put into a map that's kind of a mix of, I'd say, Los Angeles and San Francisco. There's like trolley cars, but there's also like beaches, like nice sunny beaches with palm trees. So think... SF meets Santa Monica. That's what the map is like. Um, and so the early games are actually known for product placement. It's, it was an early example of, of product mm. placement. And so they had Pizza Hut, Tower Records, Fila Sportswear Store. They had Levi's and KFC. Those are the, the, the advertisements in the game. And um, in later versions of the game, they, the advertisements were removed because... Um, uh, the uh, there were like licensing issues, but uh, they were replaced with generic versions. Okay. Um, but my my version of the GameCube, since it came out in two thousand and one, uh, it still has all the product placement in it, and that's that kind of the version I wanted because I wanted a guy to tell me, "Oh, take me to KFC," because I thought it was really cool that I wanted to play. I mean, I thought overall it was really cool that it was a game that had all this stuff is kind of a testament to an early example of product placement, as I mentioned before. And I kind of wanted to play the game in its original state, not kind of a, a modified version. But um, the game came out originally in 1999 and was released on the Sega Dreamcast, of course, and also in arcades. And since then, it was ported to the PS2, the GameCube. It's on uh, Windows, so you can buy it on Steam. Uh, it's been ported to the PS3, the Xbox 360, it's on iOS and Android. So basically, this is one of Sega's most acclaimed games ever. And you can pretty much find it on every system. Um, so it, there's no really, there's no excuse that you can't play it. It's it's available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sega released a Dreamcast collection that's that was available on... Uh, Xbox 360, and it's available on Steam, and um, you can buy these games individually or as in a set, but uh, they're consisting of Sega's 
biggest hits for the Dreamcast, which was Sega Bass Fishing, Sonic Adventure, which is a personal favorite of mine, Crazy Taxi, Space Channel 5, Nights into Dreams, and another personal favorite of mine, Jet Set Radio. Jet so, Set Radio. Yeah, and so Sega really held on to these uh, these games as being part of the, the Dreamcast highlight since the Dreamcast ultimately failed since it lost to the PS2 and there were a whole bunch of like pirating issues with the, with the Dreamcast. Um, uh, so it's really nice to see that Sega is supporting kind of PC localizations of their older games and even newer games, uh, such as the Yakuza games that came out on PC. They really are really careful and really, um, putting a lot of love into these, uh, the PC ports of their games. And I have to really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, so Crazy Taxi, really great game. Um, it's honestly a game that you, that you don't really complete since it's an arcade, it's an arcade racer. Um, you don't really unlock anything in the game. It's more of a, let's see how fast you could do this. Um, and yeah, overall it's, it's a super fun game. Definitely worth playing for short bursts. And I recommend it to everyone to play since it's available on everything. I love mundane taxi missions too. Yeah, who doesn't? You know, it's 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 really fun. I mean, in Grand Theft Auto, you can just take on the taxi mission and play for however long you want for cash. Yeah, that's one of many ways to get cash that's not violent. <laughs> yeah, unless you run over people with a car, but then people exactly, will, but then passengers will leave, so it's counterintuitive, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that closes my segment of Cube Corner. Uh, I hope we'll have something new next week, and I do have something down the pipeline. And I also wanted to give a quick shout-out to Game World in San Jose, California. That place is pretty awesome. They have a large selection of GameCube games. The guy that works there was super nice, and he uh, gave me a good price for some GameCube games that I picked up that I don't want to spoil yet because I kind of want to reveal in a future episode of Cube Corner. Nice. But yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. A- so that closes... It's been yeah. quite some time since I've been there, but that is a very solid game store. Also, they have a lot of uh, uh, kind of weekend-hosted tournaments, too. Yeah, super cool. Um, like, I li- I'm glad that there's like a place for people in San Jose to gather and play retro games. I know there's quite a few retro game stores in San Jose, but Game World definitely has a solid... Um, amount of stuff in it there were there was like everything was there there was like stuff hanging from the walls many different controllers yeah uh there's there's one wavebird controller left there were no other gamecube controllers i didn't pick it up i only picked up games but it was really cool to see that a bunch of stuff um that was just there in uh in game world and uh the guy i was talking, kind of chatting with the guy and he was telling me that um uh, he's all sold out of the gamecube controllers like someone the day before purchased all the GameCube controllers that he had in stock. And yeah, as I mentioned before, the the GameCube is becoming a console that's, that's becoming uh, easily collectible and people are collecting more games for it. Uh, much so as the N64 NES were and still are. Mm-hmm. So it now's a great time to collect GameCube games and even an even better time to collect Wii games. And of course Wii U since those two systems are pretty easy to find for. But the GameCube is slowly becoming harder and harder to find. And as the harder uh, to find these games become, the more they're going to become expensive. So I'm doing my best to scour Craigslist Craigslist every so often, eBay, to find games on my list that I really want to buy. And you know what? 
you yourself, you procured a controller keyboard, and I think you already <laughs> won, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you. I actually brought it out to a... Um, I was, it's not really a tournament. It was more of like a local game night in yes. my area with some friends. Yeah, like they were all they're all kind of people I knew, and so I brought it out, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's so sick!" And then I was like, "Yeah, this is Sammy, my game controller." They're like, "Oh, that's so cool!" So it's kind of my dream to kind of bring it out to an event like that and kind of show it off because it's something that's not really common. It's so unique. Um, it's like when you own a really nice car and you want other people to enjoy it and mm-hmm. you know, you bring it out to events like that. I think it's really fun to bring out stuff like that. Cause you, you have people who just let it sit in the, and collect dust all day. And you know, some, some things like this are meant to be played with, not to be stored in a box all the time. All right. Um, now let's see. Uh, I am playing Stardew Valley still. Of course, of course, cool, cool. I'm still playing, still playing that. Um, I want to say that I've reached a level in my farming. So there's different tiers of crops that you can grow. So you can grow basics, and the basics have no star rating. And then there's star ratings as you become a better farmer. There's silver, gold, and then iridium. Iridium is a purple star and it's the highest level. I am starting to reach that purple level for a lot of my crafts and a lot of my crops, which is great because I've never had that before. So I, I'd Ooh. say this is a lot of that's a lot of progress in this game. Uh so I mean like I can't tell you how many hours I've played because I'm ashamed, but I just know that I'm doing very well in Stardew Valley and I'm very close to hitting a point where I can make like 20,000 to 20,000 to 40,000 a day. And to people who have, who have mastered the game, like some people have mastered Stardew Valley to the point that like they can make like millions in one day. Wow. I I know. I know it's crazy. Now I haven't, I haven't reached that level yet, but I'm reaching a very satisfactory level that will make me sufficient. And that is my current update for Stardew Valley. And in terms of different um, relationships, I've befriended a homeless guy who lives by the lake. He has a tent and he lives by one of the uh, lakes by the mining area. His name's Linus. Uh, he looks like Tarzan. And <laughs> we're friends now. We're homies. All right. So just uh, just like really basic. So Kingdom Hearts DLC is coming very soon. Um, they're going... So according to them, the DLC is being worked on and it's going to fill in some story gaps whatever that means because i don't know exactly what that means and they're going to add critical mode and i'm assuming critical mode is probably the most difficult mode in the game i you know one thing i have heard about kingdom hearts is i've heard it's an easy game if kingdom hearts is as easy as nino kuni 2 then that's a pretty easy game so i would under i would understand if they added a harder level I think the biggest news for this podcast this week, uh, Judgment came out with a trailer to show off the different localizations that it's been working on. I know that uh, 
Put a dude on our Discord is super excited for it, as as are we, as as we've expressed before, because it's set in the Yakuza universe, and anything in the Yakuza universe is, of course, going to be interested to us. You've seen it, right? Yes, I did watch it. Okay, it's pretty. I'm pretty impressed by all the all the things they added. So not only did they add an English dub, which we'll talk about later. But they've also showed off the different subtitles that you could have in the game. And really, the scene is just uh, the main character is talking to a guy. And he's talking to this guy for 15 seconds. And then every 15 seconds, it changes to the next localization to show off. Yeah. What did you, what did you think about the English dub? I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm... Still probably going to play the game in Japanese, but I'm interested in the English dub. I think um, th- I thought the English dub wasn't that bad. I, I really like the voice that they chose. Um, I I did think that the Japanese voice actor sounded cooler, though, like in terms yeah. of, in terms of his diction and and just the his tone of voice. I, li- I kind of liked that it, it sounded more playful i suppose but i think that's also just in part of the language but i i i did like the english dub it was pretty good but yeah and he's a pretty famous japanese voice not voice actor he's just he's a famous japanese actor in general his name is uh kimura takuya and he was part he yeah he was part of a really popular group called SMAP, S-M-A-P, in Japan until they've been disbanded. I think we, I think you've told me this before. Yeah, I think I mentioned it, and that's actually kind of funny. They they broke up in 2016, and then like all of Japan stopped because they are such a beloved group that everyone started crying and stuff <laughs> like in the streets. <laughs> it was like pandemonium, and like they like they a couple years before that they kind of talked about breaking up. And then people were like, oh, no, please don't break up. And so they felt guilty about breaking up, so they didn't do it. And so they just continued on. Oh, my God. And then when they, and when they did finally break up, everyone was, like, so sad. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, uh, I remember it was, like, in August when they announced that they were going to break up and that the official breakup was going to happen on December 31st, 2016. So literally, like at the last day of the year was when they were going to break up um, SMAP. But anyways, so yeah. Um, Kimura Takuya, he's a really good actor, voice actor. He's just He just nails the role overall, I think. And mm-hmm. the character looks a lot like him for obvious yeah. reasons. So yeah, we, we got a good guy to play this role. I want to say that it's like a not a walkthrough but like a little bit of gameplay there's like a there's like a 10 15 minute gameplay that got released i like a lot of the brawl moves he they're they're definitely different from kiryu's brawl moves which are kind of more like you know kiryu is like a super buff like six foot guy so a lot of his stuff is very overpowering where um this character it's like his moves are very quick footed and very like more of a boxer in my opinion than um than just straight up sheer force which is which i think will be fun yeah i agree i agree it it looks like it's gonna be more than just a brawler too so i do hope that those segments live up to the brawler segments since everyone's so used to playing 
Yakuza for these ki- types of games, and it's it's set in Kamurocho. Of course, you're gonna beat up dudes, right? So, oh yeah. Um. Okay. So the last piece of news we have, and you guys have probably already heard this. So three days ago, THQ Nordic, um, did an AMA, uh, with the community, and everyone thought I was gonna be on Reddit. So the word and AMA. I, yeah, an- I don't know what this is. So. So everyone thought, yeah, and I can't wait for you to hear this whole story. All right. Said. So AMA, for those that don't know, stands for Ask Me Anything, and it originated on Reddit. And so when you, when everyone does an AMA, and usually a lot of famous people, companies do AMAs, and it's always, always, always on Reddit since Reddit is like the platform that created it and uh, a platform that kind of is user-friendly when it comes to AMAs. And they they allow like verification to make sure that the real person is doing an AMA um, on an official subreddit called Ask Me Anything. Um so apparently the, the the AMA got canceled on Reddit and the the company itself, THQ Nordic, was like, we actually want to do it on 8chan. And everyone's like, what? 8chan? Wait, 8chan? Yeah, so like so 2chan. So 8chan like is a spin-off the, of 4chan. The 8chan. Uh, yeah, exactly. The 8chan. And for those that don't know, 8chan is a spin-off from 4chan, uh, which is an American site. 8chan is also, I believe, American, and 4chan is a spinoff of 2chan, which is originally a Japanese site. Now, basically, these sites allow any user anonymously to talk to each other, but also share content, links, media, photos, videos, stuff like that. Y'all ever heard of the manner. deep web? That's pretty much what 8chan is. <laughs> if y'all ever heard of the deep web, this is we're basically at a level of the deep web with this and like dark deep dark web is what this is yeah it's Uh, it it goes pretty layers deep yeah so um so they started doing this ama on 8chan and everyone was up in arms about it because 8chan is infamous for hosting child pornography yeah, and <laughs> this is not good. First of all, from a PR perspective, since everyone knows kind of what this site is known for, and you're kind of hosting this in an ignorant manner on it, but you also are trying to be hip or something. If you want to be hip, just do it on Reddit. Like honestly, why do you have to do it on this weird site? But uh, yeah, so a few minutes later, they kind of responded with a statement. Um, we, the, uh, the, the Mark PR and marketing director of THQ Nordic came out on Twitter and he was like, I personally agreed to this AMA without doing my proper due diligence to understand the history and the controversy (laughs) of the site. I do not condone child pornography, white supremacy, or racism in any shape or form. When you, when you put child pornography in your tweet, you... Oh, it's just ugly. It, it just looks really bad on your part. And he goes on to say on Twitter, I am terribly sorry for the short-sightedness of my decision and promise to be far more vigorous in my assessment of these activities in the future. This was not about being edgy. This blew up, and I very much regret having done it in the first place. And oh, this comes God. from uh, Philip Brock, the PR and marketing director at THQ Nordic. So they try to do some damage control, but of course... Yeah, it was just it was insane. It was crazy. There are, people are still up in arms about it. I'm um, surprised that THQ Nordic is the company that made this mistake. Like honestly, of all of them. So, so here's the thing. There are 
there are two TH Nordics, and it, this is where it gets kind of confusing for a lot of people. So the one that did the AMA is is THQ Nordic GmbH. They are a Vienna-based publisher, um, and they kind of own a bunch of uh, developers under them. So like Dreamcatcher Interactive, uh, Joe Wood Entertainment. Uh, they're the ones that kind of picked up a bunch of uh, smaller studios and uh, branded them as being under the THQ Nordic um, uh, line. And so for those that don't know, they're originally Nordic Games. And then uh, when THQ uh, went out of business, THQ Nordic kind of or Nordic itself kind of picked up the license and picked up the name. So they became THQ Nordic. But what a lot of people don't know is that THQ Nordic GmbH is a subsidiary of the parent company, THQ Nordic AB, which is a Swedish-based company. Okay. And the Swedish-based, the Swedish-based parent company was the one that um, bought the THQ name when they went out of business. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't help that there are two kind of entities, one being a subsidiary, one being the parent umbrella that have the same name. Uh so yeah, uh, it's it just all went out of hand. Um, THQ Nordic, they're still doing well overall. I mean, they're they they're an, a European company that owns a lot of smaller companies, and so it's kind of the games and the studios that make this brand what it is. But it's not really looking good for their PR department. Oh, they gotta they gotta do some donations or volunteer right now. <laughs> they just have to make themselves look so much better because if you host an AMA on 8chan, then you're going down the drain. Like your your credibility is just gone. Oh yeah, amazing. Ugh. That is great. That yeah. was that is a one. That was wonderful. That was one of the best things I heard today. <laughs> it was also the worst thing you probably heard. <laughs> oh my god! All right, there we have it. <laughs> yeah. So. The fact that their PR manager had to say, I do not condone child pornography out loud in a tweet is just bizarre. Wow. Yeah, it's just who does that? No one does that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah, like it, like their damage control was not making anything better. They were just flaming the flames. They were, they were just fanning the flames is oh, what I was yeah. trying to say. Uh, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, so that's all the news we have for today. Um, we do have a couple oh, and of comments. And, although- uh, yeah. One more piece of informa- uh, one more piece of news that everyone probably saw from the latest Nintendo Direct, but there is a new official Pokemon announced, and not like in the style of Pokemon Go, Eevee, or Pikachu, but in the regular style of what the normal games are. And the two entities are Sword and Shield. So Pokemon Sword and Shield, and it is the eighth generation of this latest round of Pokemon, and. The region is called Galar. It is heavily inspired by the United Kingdom. And there are three starters that look pretty much exactly the same called <laughs> Sobble, Grookey, and Scorebunny. And they, yeah, there's no real distinct difference between any of them. So, but just the excitement that there's a new Pokemon coming out. The first Pokemon coming out for Switch that is part of the original style. Yeah, too. totally. I, I forgot about that and I'm so glad that you brought it up. Thank you so much. Um how can I forget that? <laughs> With there a lot there's been a lot of things on the horizon. Yeah, February had a lot of good announcements. Yeah. Prepping uh, yeah. for 
prepping for the future ahead. No, pretty much. I mean, it's still the beginning of the year and yeah, we'll we'll see what the rest of the year has to offer. But I for one am excited about this Pokemon game. I actually have not played a Pokemon game to its full extent since Heart Gold. Uh, that was a long time ago. So and I would argue that Gold and Silver and Crystal are the best Pokemon games too. I agree. Fight don't don't fight me. But <laughs> fight me. Fight me. <laughs> Let's Pokemon battle. <laughs> Let's Pokemon battle this out. Generation uh, 2, Johto is the best. It come, is. Come Even at the me, bro. Song. Come at me. <laughs> the theme song for that was also good. Like, it's a whole new world. You know oh, that song? Yeah. Oh. So good. Pokemon Johto. I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I mean, you can't beat the first one, obviously, but the second one was a nice second place winner. Um, we'll see what all the rest of the generation eight Pokemon look like. I hope we don't get any more garbage Pokemon. I'm sure they're going to be based off of things in the UK. I they mean, all look the same. So they, I think <laughs> all po- I think all Pokemon started looking the same after a while. The yeah, it was. It's really hard to distinguish between them, and all their colors are pretty much similar. So it's kind of boring to me. Yeah. The I will say the world looks really cool right now. Uh, like you know how. Uh, you know how England and the United Kingdom were are known in history as the first area to kind of have like the industrial scene, like really. Yes. Uh, so there is there is an actual like town that utilizes that as well as they have like really cool countrysides and there's this one area that's like kind of carved into the kind of carved into the into the hill so it's not it's not a stonehenge but it's like there are rocks that are just around that have carvings so kind of like a play on these things hmm yeah i wonder if the weather will be the same as well you know how it's always cloudy yeah in england you know and from these screenshots actually it is pretty cloudy so (laughs) anything's possible I wonder if that'll be a joke in the sh- in the game where they're like, <laughs> "Oh, it's always cloudy here. Why is that?" or something. <laughs> so, that's coming out soon. Stay tuned for more announcements. Yeah, uh, and between the two of us, I I have a Switch, so I might be picking it up in the future. I'll see what reviews are like, but uh, as a um, as a as kind of a thing for foresight, I just want to say that I will probably pick up sword if I were to pick between the two. Mm. Is there a distinct difference between? Do we know what the difference in um, mythical or legendary Pokemon between sword and shield yet? No clue. Okay. Since we don't know any of the Pokemon and the names were just announced, okay. that's it. Okay, for sure. But sword sounds so cool, and I think a lot of people will be, will be picking up sword as well. I'm not sure, but. That's just a speculation. Basically, do you want offense or defense? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that's it for news. Now we're going to move on to some comments and questions that we had on our Discord. So Rokuro Rangetsu and PJ Sucks both say on our Discord, happy late birthday. Hey. So, thank thank you, you, guys. We didn't do much. I think we talked about this already. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. 
so thank you again guys that's super cool um you know another year older but that means more video games to play yeah pretty much and pj comes with a question saying what do you think about laden's optimism for psvr um so i i i did see that question yeah i forgot to i forgot to answer it um well, so now's the time to answer now, it. <laughs> now's the time to answer it. Well, I think in terms of trends, so my opinion of the VR is um, kind of when I think of the VR, I also have to think about AR as well because the technologies are changing. So it's kind of so, and I don't necessarily mean that AR is going to replace VR, but it's like if they're working so hard to improve AR at this moment, then what does that mean for VR? So, right, right. So basically, where we're going with VR, eventually there has to be a point where it's completely cordless. Either it's cordless or it's like the magic leap where the magic leap the battery can be attached to your pocket like you don't need to have additional cords attached to a computer or attached to a playstation so i so for one we need to get to that point for vr you know for vr to be very popular as well as vr to just simply be you know like a a smaller device like more lightweight and less bulky like that that's what everyone wants of course um and then where what I think with VR as a platform, I think PlayStation, because I've actually played a few of the VR games and on PlayStation, and I'm not talking about like the games where they were like, oh, we're just gonna, you can get this on the regular console and we'll just attach like a VR capability to it, and the VR is kind of half-assed. I've played Moss before, and I've played Resident Evil, where they've actually wanted to put VR into like into play like they've they crafted it to the system oh and then a little bit of tetris and i think that it definitely has a lot of a lot of potential like for sure uh it has a lot of potential to have games um that really like utilize the experience the controls correctly and or not correctly but in a way that is natural i think that uh, for PlayStation VR and just VR in general to blow up, it we gotta have we gotta keep it to or not keep it. It has to evolve into a natural organic state to which players use it. So, um, uh, I you know the thing about VR uh, is I kind of don't have like I never have real concrete opinions about how. Like, is it going to be successful? Is it going to be such and such? Because I think it, I think it has potential to be successful, but it's one of those things where the technology over time will improve, and then we kind of just have to see from there. Because parallel to augmented reality, which is also being developed, it's kind of like some people are forgetting. Some people are kind of throwing VR out already because it's like AR is going to be a thing in the future, but. It's like, do you want to have your own, do you want to change to AR or do you want to keep VR and become the niche thing with it? So yeah, I don't really have like the concrete solution or answer to everything, but uh, there's just a lot of factors. Also, I, I've worked with AR and VR before. That's why I have a lot of thoughts. So, so sorry if this was a ramble. 
No worries. I, I agree with a lot of your statements and sentiments. I have not personally spent a lot of time in the VR slash AR world, so I can't really say too much. But I, I like a lot of the ideas that you're coming out with, and I agree with you. And I also want to add on that I think Sony will be pushing more in the AR slash VR sector with the PS5 when it, whenever it comes out. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I know they're going to try to be the, the the front runners when it comes to that that section of gaming since they already have the headset for the PS4 and and they already have game op- games optimized for it. And and I know that um internally they're probably going to talk to a lot of developers like Naughty Dog and tell them, "Hey, we want to make an uh AR VR game. Can you help us achieve it? What kind of game in your franchise can you make for this?" I'm yeah. sure there's going to be a lot of like there's going to be a lot of games within the AR VR sector that are going to be from big name franchises, for example, like Crash Bandicoot. What if Crash Bandicoot became an AR VR game? Like I'm sure people would want to see that or like mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Dexter, maybe Uncharted, who knows, right? So yeah, I, I think the biggest way that Sony can probably get people to jump onto their AR VR um, bandwagon is to put big name franchises that are AR VR games only Um and that's the, probably going to be the biggest way for them to push it. You know, everything from like action games to driving games. I'm sure, I'm sure Sony's going to find some way for people to play AR VR games specifically. A quick, a really quick add-on to the future. So the Microsoft Hololens actually announced Microsoft Hololens Two, and it is way smaller than uh, it's still a, it's still a bulky because they you know that's just the nature of AR right now. But it is and a, a lot smaller goggle than the previous hololens one so definitely um there the possibilities will be endless in the future right and, yeah and elisa and i have actually used these devices in person before so we kind of know how the the first generation feels at least yeah exactly so, yeah and so the, the two looks really similar to the one but just you know a little bit less retro futuristic if that makes any sense yeah definitely um, I know. Okay. Anyways, uh, that about does it for the podcast today. Elisa, any closing thoughts before we close out officially? Well, if you have a comment about the podcast, you can either go to our Discord, uh, YouTube, any platform where the podcast is uploaded. There's comments, and you can post them, and we'll read them. Uh, to find our Discord, you can go to www.downtime.live, um, and there's a link on the left bar as well as uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube or whatever platform. And if you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, feel free to write us a review and get our get our ratings up and we'll read your review. And last but not least, if you want to send an email, down, uh, contact at downtime.live. That's correct. And please join our Discord you can hear our thoughts live. We'll respond as soon as we can. You can talk to us. You can get our own opinions on it. We have a small community there. It's slowly growing of people that, like us, love video games, talk about video games. Um, overall, just want to be involved um, somehow. So it's really fun that we get to communicate with our fans and talk to them and stuff like that. Which, yeah. again, I, I always say this every podcast or most podcasts. I can't believe that there's people that listen to us talk about video games for like uh, an hour each day. Hey. crazy. Yeah. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. This was the 92nd episode of Downtime Podcast. Have a good night. We're really close to 100, too. 
I know. 92. 92. All right. Peace.